You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They do take themselves way too serious, and I can only stand about half an hour of it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Yes, he's got a solution for everything. Even the problems that aren't really problems at all. He's our very own Mr. Fix-It. He is Judd Zolgad. So we're going to ask you, Mr. Fix-It, which, by the way, is brought to you by the fine folks at Roof to Deck, which you're going to hear more about here shortly. Uh, but 651-646-8255, how would you fix some of these unwritten rules in sports, namely this whole bunt gate situation? And this happens to with stolen bases if you steal a base, for sure if you're up in a game. But we've seen comebacks, you know. Are you not supposed yes. to take a three-pointer in a basketball game in the fourth quarter? So uh, I want to ask you how you would fix this Brian Dozier bunt gate sure. hubbub here in a second. But a couple more points to add to uh, the Wetmore conversation. What's actually more offensive? All right, if you're going to opt into being offended, which I, I tend to think is the most wasted emotion that you can... Like, what's the point of being offended? Just emotionally detach yourself from the outcome. But... Mm-hmm. Is it more offensive to drop a bunt down to try and get on base when you're down seven to nothing and facing a pitcher that's unhittable, or to shift on a backup catcher when you're up seven to nothing in the ninth inning of a game that's been decided and your lights out pitcher is still on the mound? Like if either team was going to take issue, wouldn't it be the Orioles saying, "You know what? Why are you shifting? You're shoving it down our throats with Barrios." We can't get a we can't square up anything for three hours, and you're going to shift on our backup catcher. And that's that's sort of what Baltimore did, right? Baltimore said you shifted, so I'm so I'm just going to do something. Yeah, it's not that the Orioles didn't know that they had violated an unwritten rule. It's that they basically said the Twins are continuing to play this game, which is their right, and therefore we're going to do the exact same thing. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, uh, so he so the catcher got on with a base hit there on the bunt. The next guy, I believe, walked, and I think Machado then singled. So the bases were loaded. Yes. So it worked. It absolutely worked. What I The first thing that I would do is I would tell all baseball veterans, boys, come here, sit down, shut up, and listen to me. The unwritten rules, <laughs> the unwritten rules, your, your, your sacred unwritten rules are all out. Baseball has evolved. It's changed. Like it or not. There are certain things probably in in the way that baseball has changed that you could be like, I miss the old days here or there. The unwritten rules aren't one. It, we are now so so here here's an, an example of of an unwritten rule in Sunday's game that might have been slightly violated. Except I don't know wh- where the unwritten rules begin. The Twins are up six rip in the fifth. Barrios is pitching a great game. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear Baltimore is not going to have a good day at the plate. You're up by six runs. Top of the fifth. Byron Buxton gets on. He steals. Yeah. Okay, I don't care. Did you think Good for him. anything of that Zero. one way or the other? I thought, oh, okay, yeah, they're just but, like trying to trying to score another run. But my point is, did that not violate the unwritten rules because it was the fifth and not, let's say, the seventh? So it didn't. I don't know exactly what the unwritten rule there is, but I know that 
a five or a six run lead in the middle of the game is not enough to warrant or to trigger someone being offended. Now, <laughs> I think it's seventh inning or later. Or it like, so right? Stupid. I know what it does. Say, oh, yeah, yeah. The trigger. That's of not the enough. <laughs> Once you've gone six like, and two thirds, right. that's the bleeping line. Right. And for the record, we're all ball guys here. Like we all love baseball, and we all are a little bit old school in some ways. But yeah, like so. Is it? I think if you're up double digits at any point, call off the dogs on the stolen bases. That's the unwritten rule. If you're up a certain amount after the seventh inning, then players get offended. But again, like, all right, it, now that we've seen the back and forth war of words, yeah. you got the Orioles saying maybe Dozier should just worry about his own business. And you got Dozier saying, oh, I thought they had veteran leaders that maybe could take care of this. When these two teams face each other again, who's more likely to get plunked? The backup who's the backup catcher, right? Am I getting that there right? Chances the backup catcher. The backup catcher. He is the backup catcher. Yes, the backup is. catcher who just tried to get on base in a spot where his team was trying to spark one last rally. Yep. Or... Brian Dozier, who ran his mouth out of turn about a ridiculous, maybe even made-up unwritten rule. Now that they're shifting, we should we should reshape the unwritten rules to say, you know what, here's how you fix the unwritten rules. All right, If you're going to have unwritten rules, if a team is shifting and there's a free base hit, as long as you shift, I get to... If you're going to sink back into the paint defensively in basketball, right. I'm going to take a but- three-pointer because I'm wide open, and you shouldn't complain about it. That's how I would fix it. But here's what I don't get. Going back to, let's say there's no shift on at all. Here's what I don't get. This whole thing of, and and especially if it's a no-no, if it's a no-hitter, I should not use a means that I can to break that up because that's perceived as being Bush League. Yes. I completely don't get that. No, it's absurd. If, if If you have filthy stuff and it's the eighth and you are just lights out, and I'm a professional athlete. So I've I have pride, and I go to the plate, and I think to myself, well, I can feebly swing three times and maybe ground out or just strike out, yeah. or I can lay down a bunt, and I got a fighting chance. Let's just say the third baseman's back, okay? They're not even shifted. Third baseman's back, and I got a fighting chance to get my team a hit. Why on earth wouldn't I do that? But yes. but that's that is seen. I saw a tweet saying if that if Barrios had no hit the Orioles until that time on Sunday, there would have been big trouble. Okay, but that's another. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because that's another piece of unwritten nonsense. The no hitter. And and let, let, let me, let's pause that for a second because we do have a call here. We're going to get to Tim and um and there's there's like two or three things off what you just said that we should revisit here. But six five one six four six eight two five five. Uh, Twins and Pirates just about to get started. Lance Lynn is going to make his first start, and it's uh, Dozier Mauer, same one-two punches, the first three games, top of the order. What's up, Tim? Say, I am far from a great baseball mind, and this uh, comment might show that. But uh, two things. One, I don't know if you guys have talked about it. I just turned on the radio, but Berardino has an updated article from about 20, or 20 to 12 saying that Dozier was upset about the bunt because the Orioles weren't holding their runner, holding the Twins runners on first base, so they felt that they were basically conceding, which I disagree with personally. Just because they're not holding him on doesn't mean the Orioles should still try to get more <laughs> runs. Um, I mean, they probably just assume that the Twins aren't going to steal bases, and that who, right, who, my head is going to blow yeah, off my wait, shoulders. Wait, so Dozier, so the unwritten rule only applies in that spot. So this is like sub, this is mm-hmm. section five, subsection D that Tim is bringing to our attention. uh, Being offended by the bunt only applies if the opposing team trailing has conceded first base leadoffs, right? Basically. 
I'm just a messenger, so don't shoot the messenger. No, no, no. I know. Um, <laughs> and secondly, I, I personally don't have a problem about unwritten rules if part of the reason why they're unwritten is to uh, maybe prevent injury. Like, you know, it's probably not a good idea to steal later in the game if you're up, partly because your guy might risk getting in. You're yeah. at the risk of an injury. Yeah, break his hand uh, or something. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I don't personally have a problem with that. But these unwritten rules are just silly. Teams have got to do what they got to do to try to win the game. And I literally have zero problem with the guy bunting, especially with the shift on it. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's amazing. Tim, that's a good phone call. Thanks for the update on that one, too. So so Dozier did clarify his stance. Yeah, he said he doubled down. His, his quote is, when they didn't hold our guy on, they conceded to the fact they didn't want us to, uh, to steal. So we didn't steal. We could have very easily stolen and put up more runs. So, therefore, in return, you don't bunt. What? That's what everybody. Just play the game. That's what everybody play the is game. missing in this whole thing. Just play the damn game. All right, old school <laughs> baseball guys. Let's test your commitment to getting rid of the uh, unwritten rules. Then let's say the Twins had shifted on Cisco all game long. He comes up in the ninth, and they say, "You know, we're just going to play this straight up. Let's get our three outs and get out of here." If Cisco still lays down the bunt with the defense not shifted, just saying, "I'm going to take advantage of the fat third baseman and try to beat it to first. Then does Dozier have a uh, right to chirp a little bit? He has more right to chirp, but just play the game. I say, just play the game. I say no, absolutely not. See, I agree with you, Judd. This is so. This has become so silly. This is it's so stupid to get upset. And by the way, you bring up a good point. If Sano's back, he's fat, <laughs> so it's a good idea to bunt. I, I don't. I don't understand how we have to have these rules about when how you should be trying to get hits against a guy who is hard to hit. And keep in mind, they loaded the bases. It started to work. Yes. Dude, I love Dozier as a player. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He can be maddening with his streakiness sometimes. But sometimes when he opens his mouth about unwritten rules and when he was complaining about the Twins, he was in the middle of this horrible stretch of two months and complaining that the Twins didn't do anything at the deadline when they were under five. Sometimes when he opens his mouth, you're like, dude, just I know you want to be a clubhouse leader, but like, come on. But he's such a great player. He's up right now, and uh, there's a full count. Oh, I yeah. can't tell if they're shifting him or if the third baseman is playing back. Oh, the, no, they, shift, a, oh they, they shifted him. They shifted him, and that there's was completely unfair. All right. Um, there's more meat on this bone. He should have bunted. He should have bunted <laughs> to the first base side. How dare they? 651 646 We're ready. Are you? The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready, master control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500. ESPN. Bunting for a base hit. They'll get one as that one's going to stay fair. Oh, there Fans you go. Stand up and applaud. Well, hey, they give it to you, take it. Buntgate. Uh, by the way, Twins three up, three down in their half of the first inning. Lance Lynn about to make his regular season Twins debut. Miguel Sano, his ninth strikeout of the season already. And 15 at bats, though. 15 at bats. Two home runs, nine strikeouts, 15 at bats. Yep, that's a. Uh, that's what we call a two true outcome hitter. Sometimes there's a three true outcome hitter where you might walk once in a while, but <laughs> Not I don't, here, you might have no. just gotten rid of the walks too. So we're taking your calls on unwritten rules in baseball. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. So Dozier got mad at Chance Cisco for dropping a bunt down against the shift mm-hmm. in the ninth inning of a 7 nothing game. And when the Orioles pushed back and were like, well, you're shifting in a 7 nothing game. So you're still trying to maximize your odds of getting our batter out in a game that you think is decided. Well, then we're going to try and get a guy on base and spark a rally. And Dozier clarified to the Pioneer Press this morning in Pittsburgh 
and said, well, but they stopped covering, they, they stopped holding our runners on at first base the inning before, so we thought they were waving the white flag. Just just play the damn game. And we've gotten a couple tweets here from people saying, if it was a no-hitter, I could see it might be different, but it was just a shutout. And I say... But I still don't get that. BS. So think, put, put it this way, okay? Here's what you're saying. If you say that you can't drop a bunt down to break up a no-hitter. So we've been out here for three hours and can't touch your pitcher by just standing up there and swinging away. We've... We are conceding that we can't make contact on your pitcher today. It's impossible for us. So you know what? We're going to try and get on base another way. And I shouldn't have to ask your permission to try and win the game and do what's best for my team. You shouldn't if it's a one- or a two-run game. If it's more than that, however, (laughs) not cool, man. Not cool. So if you are, if I can't hit you and, and it's the eighth or ninth, and I take an at bat, I shouldn't bunt though because that's Bush League. Correct. So if you okay, so if this is a hockey game and and your goalie is incredibly hot late third period, and I get a breakaway and I'm going in and I have a chance to make it a six to one game, I'm down six nothing. I should politely just sort of shoot the puck towards him as slow as possible. Yes. So that he can maintain his brilliant shutout. And also when you're trailing in a football game, you shouldn't pass. You should hand the ball off. Because it's really disrespectful to try and win the game. If you're down by 40 points, you should really just let's run the clock out together here. Well, in fact, we'll just call the place for so you. Does Do- does Dozier realize what what he's saying is disrespectful towards his own sport? No, he doesn't. No, I know That's- that, but I'm saying it's di- it's disrespectful <laughs> towards the sport. It's basically saying at some point in time you should quit trying to compete by any means possible because we think we got you. Or. It's once one, once you're so if you're getting beat once it reaches a certain point that's really hard to determine and really only the team that uh, you're facing can determine it you should only implement certain tools to help you come back to win the game right yes, yes. which is even more ridiculous like you can I know you're losing and swinging away hasn't been a great strategy for you but now that you're now that you're losing by it even more uh, we're gonna make you swing even more. Even though bunting might be an optimal strategy. Anyway, six five one six four six eight two five five. Mike, you're on the show. What's up, Mike? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I'm on six ninety four right now, and it's like a video game. It's crazy. But anyway, well, like what? Like traffic, or what do you mean? Oh my god, it's like I just saw a guy like cut over like two lanes to exit <laughs> at like seventy miles an hour, and it's like I'm I'm like fearing for my life a little bit here. Well, hey, we we don't be careful as you're talking. We don't want you to uh, sacrifice your well-being just to chime in with an unwritten rules hot take on our show. So, true. I'm in I'm in Bluetooth mode though, so I think I'm okay. All right, okay, good for right. you. Good, good. Um, so don't you think there's some credibility to to Paul Molitor being upset about that and Dozier being upset about that? I mean, these guys have spent their life in baseball. I think maybe you guys could lend them a little bit of credibility. You know, if, if Molitor's upset about somebody bunting when you're down 7 nothing in the night, don't you think that maybe there might be some legitimacy behind that? No. And I'm just going to say that. But, what, but, Mike, what would the legitimacy be? Well, I mean, the legitimacy would be in his Hall of Fame knowledge of baseball, the fact that he's been in the game for 40 years and has forgotten more about baseball than – any of you or I will ever know, don't you think? I mean, is he just doing it to be a jerk? I think I mean, it's an, 
I think it's hey Mike 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 just doing it to be a jerk. I think it's something Mike Mike that that he was that he was taught a long time ago, and it's an archaic thought process that that exists. But if you think it through with common sense, it's one thing that makes no sense. Do you think that the guy bunting was actually trying to win the game? I think yes. Yeah, I think he was trying to get on base, and it worked. You think? Yes. So Mike, so Mike, 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 Mike. So what you're saying is, if you're lo- if you're losing a sporting contest by by a, by a certain amount of points or runs, that you should just lay down as easily as possible for the opposing team. That's 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 what that logic says. No, what your logic says is that you know more about baseball than Paul Molitor does. Are you are you sure that's what my logic says? Are you sure? Yeah. Or is it maybe that I just Absolutely. disagree with Paul Molitor, Mike? What is your point, though? My point is, <laughs> my, oh, what is what is your point? That you the, called our show. That the unwritten rules are stupid. They're silly in sports. <laughs> they shouldn't be applied. And so playing through and golf is okay, right? What's the what's the apples to apples there? Go ahead. Playing through and golf is fine. Explain it. What does that mean? No one knows what you're talking about. Well. You're saying that all unwritten rules are stupid. No. Every single unwritten rule that's ever happened anywhere is stupid. The majority of unwritten rules are silly. I'm saying if I'm losing a baseball game and the game isn't over yet, I'm going to try to get on base. In the ninth. Correct. The game isn't over yet. Do nothing in the ninth. So should he? Okay. So should he just take three pitches down the middle? Then you might as well make it easy, Mike. You might as well make it easy. Take three fastballs. So Paul Molitor knows nothing. He knows nothing. This is going to go in circles. You're so smart. This is going to go in circles. You know more than he does. Mike just hung up on us. I've been in those. Con- Mike just hung up I've been on in us. those conversations <laughs> before, but ordinarily with the wife, not with Mike. Mike just hung up on us. It sounded like he just censored himself. You're the. Man, he hung well, up. He, call, he called so friendly at first. With uh, it's, I'm playing Frogger out here on 694. I thought it was going to be a love fest. And, and the you, next got, thing, you guys showed legitimate concern. Correct. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I don't want him to get in a car crash. Do you no, I don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, Maybe just a light fender bender. Complaining oh. about that guy who was cutting across. Do you think he knows more about driving than that other guy who's been doing it for a long time? Right. By the way, Paul Molitor, did he complain let at me, all about let this? Me give you it was the Brian Dozier that was... Let me give you the quote from Paul. Okay. Paul was quoted. Some of those unwritten rules of the game are not black and white, Paul said tactfully. He did, meaning the batter, Cisco, what he thought was right. Yeah, okay. So, so, so Mike, maybe get maybe maybe really, get your quotes from Paul Molitor right before you call in with such a ridiculous take. All right, Cuddy, go ahead. Hey, this is Cuddy here. Thanks, guys. Uh, real quick, I got an opinion about the unwritten rules. I got two examples regarding some amateur baseball. Uh, played a little amateur ball, and one of the things we like to do a little bit is help out the hitters that were struggling by not tipping pitches, but suggesting take more pitches. And our third base third base coach would often, as the pitch was coming in, say, "Hey!" And if the batter heard that, he was that was an operative not to swing. And uh, if you could you imagine in pro ball if they did that, take the bat out pro ball, and some baseball players really need help at the plate and. This is an unwritten rule. You would never do that in pro ball. And the other example I have is the Twins versus the Yankees when they were beating us up every game in the playoffs. And I had an opinion, why don't we bunt for the first six batters against Andy Pettit? He beat us every time, and he came off the IR. And if we make him field six bunts in a row, 
sure, we sacrifice the outs, but maybe it pays off later yeah. on the, in the game and uh, take them out of the game early. Yeah, you so know, there there was a – Cuddy, thanks for the call. Was it Verlander or – I think it was Verlander that got mad at Carlos Gomez one time for bunting because he just didn't like when players bunted. <laughs> to which I say, bleep you. We'll bunt every time. Yes. We'll throw you off your game. Like So that caller, Mike, two callers ago, I've, it's crystallized. It's like it's like a bully tactic. You're you're telling someone, I know you're trying to outsmart me by dropping a bunt down. Like you're trying to beat the shift by outsmarting me in this spot. Well, you're not being a man. Take a real big league at bat. You're not being a real man. No, I'm trying to get on base. I'm trying to do it in a way that maybe is counter to the strategy that hasn't worked for us you for three hours. You think that's why all the angst from Mike? I don't know. The angst from Mike might have been deeper rooted. There might be some, I don't know. Let's try a different mic. Or is it or is it the same mic? I don't know. You're on the show. This is good, this is good Mike. Okay. All cool. right, Mike. Hey, uh, you know, I think you captured it well with the word archaic. My comment is I got a kick out of uh, Dozier talking about, you know, disrespecting the game. Well, this is a sport where managers and players get up on the face of the officials and spit and push and <laughs> kick dirt on them. So spare me the respect piece. Um, it's a legal play, man. Try to win the game. Thanks. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, and, that's and, all we were saying. And when did it, not to keep going back to the first mic here, but when did it become that if you question or disagree with someone who has has been a professional or a Hall of Famer, they start, are you just, by that logic, caller Mike, not this last one, but the one from five minutes ago, are you not supposed to question anyone who has either more authority or more experience than Actually, you in a certain field? So that's just what we're supposed to do. You're not supposed to question anyone in politics or sports Actually, in, or anyone with in a the microphone. Minds of some, in, in the minds of some, you just hit it. Like, you're you know absolutely what, Mike? Hey, I've been doing radio, I've and, and I've been delivering opinions for the last decade. I know more about delivering opinions than you do, Caller Mike, so you shouldn't question me. Like, is that the logic? There are. That's the logic. There is a large chunk of society that believes if you are employed in, in a certain profession or have been doing something for a long time, that you are right. You are not to be questioned. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. There is a there is a portion of the Wolves fan base that looks at Tibbs and says he knows so much more about basketball than you do. That Tibbs is right, and he does, and he does know more about basketball than any of us Doesn't who mean are he's doing in this the right room. Thing necessarily, and can't be questioned. Correct. That's what I don't understand. And when fans are such passionate fans that they think my team can do no wrong, and therefore, if you question the players or the coaches on that team, you are somehow out of line. It's absolutely. Mm-hmm. Something I don't get. Lance Lynn has given up the first run by a twin starting pitcher this season so far. Runners on second, third. He gave up a double or a triple to the gap, and the Twins are down one to nothing to the Pirates here in the Pirates' home opener. He just got squeezed oh, yeah, on a we're getting, really close pitch who's on the, the plate outside umpire? Edge too. We're getting squeezed badly. Sure, that was uh, the home plate umpire last uh, yesterday too in the ninth inning was squeezing Barrios. Like that's where I'm more offended by. Okay, it's a seven nothing game, and you're kind of flipping. You're flipping a coin, anyways, on those close pitches. If you're using your human eye, Marty Foster yesterday. Marty Foster, yeah, he was, he after was, us. He was squeezing Barrios. I was more offended by that. <laughs> Jeez, Marty Foster knows more about umping than you ever will. Get off his back. That's the logic. That's a new rule on Get the show. Get off his back. You're not allowed to question <laughs> anyone with more experience than you in a certain profession or field. Dave has been producing shows for a really long time. Never question him again. Anything Dave does is right. You shouldn't question Dave, period. He's a good producer. Dave questions us. I have the right to do that. I know you do. the show. And there's a segment called Questions, actually. That's what I was referring to. uh, He does. 
Uh, so Twins down one nothing right now in the first inning, trying to get out of a second and third two-outs jam here. So we'll keep you posted on that. Lance Lynn making his first start. Rocky first inning. And, hell, phone lines are just going to be open here now. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Mackey and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Sometimes they're misguided, and sometimes it's all a bunch of hot air and, and an excuse to get drunk. Mackey and Judd. Do not like to be told by their elders how things used to be and how things used to be better. On 1500 ESPN. Lance Lynn, dude. 3-0, and bases loaded. There's some random guy. Who's this, Moran? Yes, Moran. This guy's Colin Moran. He's their third baseman, I guess. Uh, yeah, this is a struggle fest for Lance Lynn right now. Twins down one to nothing. It could get worse here. Now it's three and one to this guy. So we'll see what happens in this at bat. We're getting a ton of tweets on the unwritten rules discussion. <laughs> but the main takeaway is: do not question anyone who has more experience than you in a certain profession or field. Because they we are right that. and you are wrong. We learned that from caller Mike every single time. Who's out there driving around going ninety? On 694, dodging other cars and telling us hands-free device from a hands-free device. Has a call ever started out, like, it, from the beginning of that call, if you had to predict the end of the call? Never would have predicted Never that. would have thought that. No, I thought we were dealing with a very sane, rational guy who almost had been involved, embroiled in a major accident. And by the end, he was essentially telling us that we think we're smarter than Milder and Dozier. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Lance Lynn Uh-oh. just gave up an Uh-oh. absolute moonshot. Oh, that's going to be... Oh, my god! Well, there's a grand slam home run. And it's 5 nothing Pirates. <laughs> Lance Lynn off to a great start here with the Twins. Hey, where is... I saw Pat. Pat wanted to talk about Lance Lynn on our show a few weeks ago. Let's <laughs> start the schism. Get yeah. Pat in here. Let's talk some Lance we, Lynn right now. Should we have an in-depth Lance Lynn discussion? <laughs> All right, so it's going to be tough for the Twins to win this one. They're down 5 nothing in the first it's inning early. now. All right, one more thing on this unwritten rules Start discussion. bunting, boys. <laughs> exactly. Lay him down. <laughs> yep. That's what I was thinking, Dave Harrigan. I like it. That's your game plan for the rest of the day. Just bunt. Yeah, so at what point Woo! At what point do the Twins have to stop bunting? Well, that's what we don't... We Because they're down 5 if, nothing in the first if inning. If somebody would give me a copy of the damn unwritten rules, it would really help me out. <laughs> but I don't have a copy, so I don't know. It's very Well, they're unwritten. There is no copy. Well, but I'd like to at least be informed. Like, when can you steal? When is can you steal? Is there a video steal? or an audio version? I mean, does somebody does, can somebody provide me with something allowing me to know when these rules are being violated and when it's okay to try and continue to win the game? You can only catch them in whispers, Judd. Oh, God bless baseball. Uh, loyal listener Hugh chimes in on Twitter here about. So I told you that during the Wetmore segment that the hockey unwritten rules are just as absurd as baseball because. Hockey fans like rally around the unwritten rules. Mm-hmm. And Hugh said, Phil, you couldn't be more wrong about this one. Hockey codes are there to try and keep the game safe. Baseball codes are nonsense because someone had to do, uh, because someone had too much fun hitting a home run or tried anything <laughs> you can to get on base. So I agree with part two there that, and there's false equivalencies where if you hit a home run and pimp it too much, the retaliation isn't, well, I'm going to pimp my strikeout next time I get you out. The retaliation is, I'm going to take a rock and throw it 95 miles an hour at your chin. Yes. So I do agree that that's yep. ridiculous. But this whole notion that, well, fighting in hockey is there to police the game. <laughs> it's to keep it safe. No. Two it's... giants throwing bare fists. Hey, we're just keeping things Although, safe. We, are, we really are. Yeah. <laughs> Although, just trying to make sure no one gets hurt. <laughs> you do ha- have to admit that hockey seems like it's gone way more away from its unwritten rules than baseball has. 
Like fighting in hockey, not sure. nearly as prevalent as it once was. Agree with that. Baseball feels like if you still break those rules, you're going to get the ball thrown at your ear hole. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's just silly. I think fighting in hockey stems more from insecurity. Guys who want to find a way to contribute to their teams but aren't as skilled and aren't going to be 20-goal well, scorers, right? Uh, yeah. How and, do I stay in and hockey? Were, and there was a time where, where you would employ let's say, two or three guys per team who could do that. And now you don't because the game's become so different and much yeah. more skilled. Hockey has evolved. Baseball has as well, which is why its unwritten rules are so bizarre to me. So what are the leftover hockey unwritten rules? Well, I mean, you can have a, you know, if you run a guy, you can have it sometimes where th- that will trigger a brawl, but not as much, I don't think. Um, it just seems because the enforcers are have been phased out of the game so much, a lot of those rules, because those guys, they lived for the rules. So if I hit you and then I'd send my enforcer or the, the opposing team would send their enforcer to either beat you up or beat the opposing team's big guy up, it feels like that's still there at times, but not as much because you, you now have essentially four lines of guys who can actually play the sport. Yeah. But baseball still has these just weird, as Do- Dozier was saying, he's bringing up things that don't that now don't make sense. Yeah, and it's I don't know, it's it's just unusual to me. I don't know. I'm all for it. sports are fun, man. Sports are supposed to be fun. Like we don't. But need the to- flipping the bat thing is a great example. And and by the way, too. So how can you style a, a home run? Because if I do X and Y, it's okay. But if I complete it with Z and I flip the bat too high, I'm going to get a ball in the ear. Well, and here's another difference between fan bases when it comes to the fun that they demand out of their sport. I mean, the NFL got to a point where fans and media nicknamed it the No Fun League because they were too harsh on celebrations and you'd get flagged if you spiked the ball wrong, right? And now the NFL has listened to its audience and you can do group celebrations in the end zone and it's fun and it's and they do rankings. All right, where does the Vikings uh, you know, where does Thielen's soccer celebration rank? And in baseball, I don't know. Now, it's an older fan base on average, right? Just older people. Sure, yeah. I think the average age of a baseball fan is probably closer to 50s. Football is somewhere younger than that. Um, but why don't baseball fans demand that we loosen up on some of this stuff? If a guy hits a 500-foot home run to win a game... Like Jose Batista hit that home run in the playoffs a couple years ago. And it's the biggest home run of his life. That guy had been playing baseball for 35 years and had never hit a home run like that in a moment like that. And it's like three decades of sort of pent-up, you know, baseball aggression. And he throws the bat up in the air. And instead of the conversation being about how amazing that moment was and that home run and how incredible Jose Batista is, the conversation was, whoa, did he disrespect yeah. Oh, yeah. the Rangers by flipping his bat? Can you imagine in the NFL, if a guy if a guy catches a 50-yard a touchdown pass and then does like a little Deion Sanders high step into the end zone to win it in overtime yep. and then does a Lambo leap, if the, if the conversation was, oh, he, he showed the other team up by jumping into the crowd, that would never be a topic, ever. Now, one once in a while, you talk about Odell Beckham Jr. maybe being a little selfish or something, or getting a, a fi- if you get a fifteen yard penalty or something. Well, that and sets that's your for team doing back, something but, offensive, right? Not celebrating, right? Mostly, yeah. I mean, that's for P 
peeing like a dog or something. Yeah. So, I get that. So I think fans and media should demand that baseball but, loosen up on this here, stuff. Just be be more modern. Be more fun. Here's what I don't get. So so the World Baseball Classic, which is okay. I don't care that that much. But the one thing that you I hear, mean, it's great. But the thing that you hear from fans in, in this country is it's so much fun when teams play because their fan bases celebrate, right? And the teams celebrate, and it's like a college football game. And you hear from a lot of people, oh, it's fantastic, it's fun. But if you have a semblance of that in a major league game, you get the pushback of, well, yeah. that's too much fun. They can't have that much. The Royals should never have that much fun. God. How dare they? But but these are the same people I hear say, the WBC is great because they embrace baseball and they love it and they celebrate. Imagine paying money to go to a sporting event to be entertained and then being a little bit mad about like the level of which the entertainment reached. You know, that game was really fun, but, man, it got a little too much fun there when so-and-so flipped his and bat. These are all, I'm, I'm offended. And these are all of baseball's unwritten rules of how far you can take things. Yeah. You know, that Timberlake concert was great. But did he have to come out for the encore? <laughs> yeah. Honest to God. <laughs> I know. All right, I was happy applauding and going home. But now I got three more songs? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Joke. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Uh, twins down five to nothing right now in the second inning. There's one out, and they all look cold and miserable. And Lance Lynn is getting shelled. Is he gonna throw up? He looks like he's gonna puke. I right just clean out the cleats. He's okay, good. he looks like, no, he he looks like he's about to be. He's Ill. actually looking for another chili dog, which is weird. He is a do big not boy, rip man. his body. I didn't. That is a perfect body type, as far as I'm I like concerned. Chili dogs. Dave praised his appetite. He didn't rip yeah, his body. That's, that's an unwritten rule, Judd. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Dave. <laughs> Let's talk about the Chris Lindahl team here for a second. Gentlemen, the number one REMAX results team in the country, and it's seller workshop time again with Chris Lindahl. April 16th through the 18th, so you got about two weeks here, and seating is limited, so and it's, it's going to sell out. You want to make sure you get in early. Go to sellerworkshop.com, 763-401-SOLD. How would you like to make thirty to $60,000 more on the sale of your home than you otherwise would have. Well, the seller workshop is a little over an hour, and with all the tools you're going to pick up and all the knowledge you're going to soak in, you can make thirty to sixty thousand dollars more on the sale of your home. So basically, for an hour of workshop time, think about the hourly rate on that sixty thousand, fifty thousand, whatever it is, thirty thousand dollars. You'd be foolish to not explore this at sellerworkshop.com or go to uh, chrislindall.com. That's Chris with a K. And seven six three four zero one sold. Mackie and Judd are back. Now you can tell when they're ready by poking them with your finger. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Hey, test your golf knowledge and sign up for 1500 ESPN's Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge ahead of the four majors and. The Players' Championship, you'll be able to select your pro dream team, and after each tournament, a winner will be crowned. First up, of course, it is the Masters. The winner of this round will receive a two-night golf trip for four to Cragen's Resort. Not bad. Make your uh, picks before 6.55 a.m. this Thursday morning, the 5th, to be entered. Head to 1500ESPN.com. Sign up now. It's easy, and you win a great prize. After your coach gives you the signal, one good way to try to get out of having to bunt is to just throw your bat down and stare at him right in his stupid eyes. Um, a lot of time that will intimidate him make him change a call. Uh, the other real effective way is to just yell it out. Just tell the other team, like, hey, man, I'm fixing to f*** 
bunt. Uh, sometimes when you give away the play, the coach will just wave it off because he's like, well, ain't no point in doing that now. Uh, that works sometimes, but if you can't get out of it, uh, you're just going to have to lay down the bunt, and I'm going to teach you how to do it even though it's the worst thing that's ever happened in my f***ing life. Kenzie Kent Murphy, <laughs> voice of reason. <laughs> oh, I love it. First thing you do, you get your bat and get in the box <laughs> and kind of look shitty about it, you know, act like you don't give no about stupid bunting with your coach and don't even like get down just kind of stand here like this and wait for the pitcher to you know start his wind up and then that's when you square around make sure you get your fingers around the front of the bat so you got a better grip on it uh, most people tell you not to do that because they say the ball hits you but unless you're a it's the only right way to lay down the bunt. <laughs> little you teach the ninth graders Dave? heck yeah <laughs> you, i assume you're familiar with kent murphy oh yeah we were going through some outfield, just, you know, general drill stuff in the gym the other day. I was like, all right, boys, do or die situation. I'm just going to roll you ground ball. Let's throw it corner to corner. So, you know, pick it up one hand, come up, curl hop, give that big throw. And some kid actually popped up. So janitor throw? <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever had Domingo Ayala and uh, Kent Murphy in the same room or on on the same video? It's a very good question. I don't think we have. That needs to happen. It really does. At some point. Twins still down five to nothing in the bottom of the second inning. Lance Lynn is going to try again here, and he's already behind two and yeah, zero. Yeah, he's only down the opposing team's pitcher down. right now. Yeah, so it's not good. I have a Wolves tiebreaker update for you that might come into play here in the next ten to fourteen days. But let's take one more call on unwritten rules from Steve. What's up, Steve? Yeah, hey. <laughs> just to take this uh, unwritten rules to another level. Combine Mike's and Dozier's rules. Do they, uh, like the captains or the most veteran players, get together before the game and decide who has the uh, who gets to make the decisions on what the unwritten rules are? So Dozier gets together with Jones and they look at each other's stats and sort of say, "Yo, I got better. I guess I've been doing this longer. I get to make the rules for this game." Yeah, no, it's me. Yeah, I think you. And, and then is there an unwritten rule procedure for how the captains of the unwritten rules are decided, too? Like, how far back does it go? I don't know. No, yeah. Or is it the managers? You know, Paul Molitor and Madden, you know, I've only been a year, but I got 3,000 hits in the league, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got more grizzled experience? You know Steve, thanks for the call, man. All, Do- all Dozier had to do was take a page from, from what Paul did and just say, yeah, you know, I mean, it's interpretations, I guess. Even if he vehemently disagreed with the bunt, just be done with it. It just looks so foolish to go in, into these elongated explanations of why it's offensive. Also, the Twins are down 5 nothing, and you and I were not. Uh, we had our backs to the TV, but Dave saw Eduardo Escobar with a shift employed poked one down the third baseline, right? It was not a square around bunt. It was a very defensive-looking, I think, two-strike swing, very swinging bunt that Boy, that's trickled down the third baseline against the shift, and he got to first base. <laughs> very questionable. Next at bat, you know what happens. Mauer goes out there with him and says, okay, don't bunt here. This is your veteran leadership. <laughs> Swing away. Uh, you know. Uh, Barrel it up. <laughs> you know. Uh, Timberwolves schedule here, Judd Zolgad. I'm going to wrap this with uh, some Timberwolves talk. At Nuggets, at Lakers, home against Grizzlies, which you'd think would be a gimme, but a we've week, seen how that goes. A week from tonight, yes. And then home again against the Nuggets. So they get the and the Nuggets are a great offensive team. The Wolves aren't stopping anyone right now defensively, especially without Jimmy Butler. I would say 
they're going to beat the Grizzlies at home. I would think they're going to learn their lesson from the last time. And the Grizzlies might be in even more of a tank mode by then where they don't play Marcus Hall in the fourth quarter. But here's where they run into an interesting conundrum. It, I, I think it's basically a race between Denver and the Wolves for that last playoff spot, unless the Wolves get hot and move up further in the standings. So the Wolves are 44 and 34. Denver is 42 and 35. They have one extra game to play, which they played tonight against the Pacers at home. If they win that, let's just no, let's let you let's let's leave that one on its own. If the Wolves, I've done the math on this. If the Wolves finish two and two, so let's give them the losses to the Nuggets. If they finish two and two, the Nuggets would have to finish five and zero, oh, including the two wins against the Wolves to pass them. And they have to pass the Wolves in the standings if it's a one-on-one tiebreaker, because the Wolves have. Because then it'd be a, you'd go to the next tiebreaker because they'd be two and two against each other head to head. You'd go to the conference record tiebreaker, yep. which the Wolves have a better conference record. So I guess what I'm saying is, if the Wolves beat, forget about the Nuggets games, if they beat the Lakers and the Grizzlies to get to two and two, Denver would have to finish five and zero. Oh, Home against the Pacers, two games against the Wolves at Clippers, and then a home game against Portland, which mm-hmm. is a tough one, to pass the Wolves in the standings. And you write that down for Tibbs' future was what on Friday? If the Wolves miss the, miss playoffs, the playoffs, then Tom Thibodeau will be fired. Not a total guess. Boy, that'd be interesting to see if they did miss it. I don't put it past them now. So they have I to. Really don't. They have to give up their lottery draft pick. Are, okay, honest question. Are they better off if they make or miss the playoffs? Or if your two options are eight seed, Rockets, sacrificial lambs. Four games. And yeah. they will get beat even with Jimmy Butler. They will almost certainly get beaten four games by the Rockets. Yeah. Or miss the playoffs, Tom Thibodeau gets fired, and you keep your draft pick. Uh, I believe that you want to make the playoffs because I don't believe that it, if Tibbs gets fired, you, you're going to go and hire the right person. Well, okay, but if he's not the right person, then what, you know. No, but I'm just saying it's going to be a continuing to Dave's question. It's going to be the wrong guy. It's going to be a continue. It's going just to the process is going to continue where Glenn is never going to get the higher right. So personally, I just like to see him in in the playoffs and they last four games. What do you think, Dave? I think talking about playoff experience as an A seed getting smoked by the number one is meaningless. Are there examples of when that's worked that we should cross reference that? Just getting in and getting smoked as an eight seed has that like propelled a team? Is there evidence that it's propelled? Like the wolves, I mean, the wolves got smoked six years or seven years in a row, and then yeah. it wasn't that they learned; it was that they finally added good players to Kevin Garnett, and then they went deep in the playoffs. There's probably something to playoff experience just in general, but I think that whole idea of guys that are more experienced are just better than the playoffs. Well, no, it's probably guys that are better players. Correct. I mean, there's some guys that'll turtle in the playoffs. Sure, they're in a big situation. But by and large, if you're a better player, you're better in the regular season and you're better in the playoff. If you're a better team, you're better in the playoffs, too. It's 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 stupid. All these guys have played in big games since they were six years old. The issue is, if you blow out Tibbs, it's still going to be a vicious cycle of hiring the wrong person. That's the problem. As opposed to maybe having the wrong person. But it's, like just, it's, that, it's never going to change. Okay, but, but so then, Glenn, so then, not, so then not, you just he's not going to get the higher right. So you just shrug? He's Back not going to get. He's not going to get the higher right. It's going to continue to be that you're not so going keep, to get so, the higher right. Until, but do you think Tom Thibodeau is the right coach? I don't anymore. I, I, I was wrong two years ago. I thought he was. I don't think he is anymore. I believe that him holding both jobs is is a mistake that that I willingly overlooked 
when he was hired because I was excited the fact that he was going to coach. So the you team. don't think he's the right guy? Anymore. I don't think he's the right guy to run the the operation. No, I think that was a mistake. But if that's the case, and I agree with but you, but you're just going to continue to you're going to hire. So then keep Tom Thibodeau. You're, you're going to hire David Kahn again. You're going to hire. You're going to make another blunder. That's my belief. But then you have to okay. But then you have to roll the the dice that you stumble okay, into the right. I roll guy. the you dice enough. To. I'll take the playoff berth. I'm just going to take the playoff berth. I'm going to go to the playoffs. I'm going to have a, two home playoff games. Personally, I'll take the short term because I don't think the long term is ever going to improve until you can get the higher right, and I don't think the owner's capable. Well, and I, I really don't. I'll add this. If you think right now that Tom Thibodeau is not the right guy, whether he makes the playoffs yeah, or not, it doesn't matter. Correct. Unless they make a run and it's, okay, they, they, they blossom late or something, and they all just find a way to connect with Tom Thibodeau and vice versa. But whether they make or miss the playoffs... Shouldn't matter if you think right now if you're Glenn Taylor, made Tom Thibodeau is not the guy, and I'm, I'm just going to eat this money. Then it should just be signed and sealed. Yes, right? yes, but of course it won't be because nothing with this franchise ever happens as it really should. Yeah, it's an That's ownership. It's, it's been an ownership problem for 25 years. Um, I would I would enjoy watching Wolves playoff games in most contexts against the Rockets. They'll be joyless, Jimmy Butler. They'll be joyless. I can tell you that. Twins down five nothing early in Pittsburgh, so they probably probably can't bunt the rest of the game. We're going to be back tomorrow. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.